Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. No, like it's so hard. I, I haven't had someone say that to me in a really long time and I'm really happy because I think I would just look at you like, are you just watching conspiracy theory shows today? <laughs> like I've worked elections, so I've worked elections. My sister's worked elections, so you stand there and people watch them count and make sure that you know no sort of foul plays taking place. So when people are saying that, I just think to myself, maybe this is an excuse for you to feel like you shouldn't uh, take part. But I don't. I personally haven't seen anything that would indicate to me that there is foul play going on, that they're being rigged. Um, mm-hmm. Until then, I generally think that. It was just a lower turnout. So, recently, Ontario had an election, and I could say it was so anticlimactic. I decided to have a conversation centered around our thoughts on the events leading up to the elections and our thoughts after the results. I invited Chid Suzanne to have the conversation with me. Chid is the host and producer to her podcast. You can find her on her podcast, which is called but what do I know? So in today's episode, we're talking all things politics. You know, politicians be politicking. I hope today's episode sparks knowledge and dialogue. This is A Shot of Melanin. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of A Shot of Melanin. On today's episode, we are talking about Ontario politics. As the title of this episode is called Politicians Be Politicking, we're going to go over Ontario politicians and what we thought about the 22 Ontario elections. I decided to get someone very special on the uh, episode today because she did her very own, actually, episode on uh, Ontario elections. She spoke about at the time when we did have it, she was just more so kind of giving her listeners an idea of like, you know, what's going, what each platform has in mind, their party, 
And so I thought, why not have her on the episode and just kind of chit-chat about Ontario election and what her thought process on is it. So I've got Chid Suzanne from But What Do I Know podcast. Chid, tell us a little bit about you, yourself, your podcast, the idea, just about you. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle, for having me. I'm so excited to be on the Shot of Melanin podcast. <laughs> um, yes, you know, hello, listeners. I am Chit Suzanne, producer and host of the But What Do I Know podcast based in Toronto. And we're virtual as well. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. You know, like Michelle mentioned, I had done an episode uh, featuring Patience Sadamu, who's a very, you know, well-known political commentator here in Toronto. And so now it's nice to sort of do a circle back of how we feel after the results have come out. So thank you so much for having me. Definitely no problem. I thought this would be great to talk about and just kind of see how we feel now that it's it's almost going to be a month, actually. I think we had the elections June 2nd, I believe. Yes. So we're, we're inching towards the one, mar- one month mark. So tell me, like, what were your thoughts about each candidate? Honestly, it's so funny. I feel like this political, uh, th- this last campaign season was very underwhelming. And I don't know if it's because it was a provincial election as opposed to a federal election, but it felt really mm-hmm. underwhelming. Like I saw the the flags, I saw the signs, but I wasn't, I felt like there wasn't a lot of direct in your face campaigning like i've seen you know campaigns where you're seeing candidates going door to door in your neighborhood i didn't really see any of that didn't really get a lot of the calls so it felt really underwhelming to me um you know i am a more progressive woman (laughs) and i feel like that's something that's you know typically popular amongst younger women especially millennials young people in general so um i was more focused on the liberals and ndp and sort of looking at what their uh, platforms, what they were, you know, planning to do, promising that they were going to do and so on. So, yeah, I, I honestly, my thoughts were that this was underwhelming. It went by really quickly. Mm-hmm. I felt I felt like a lot of people probably even like I felt like a lot of people probably were not aware that a provincial election took place. I think you might be right on that one. I think because we were coming so quickly off of the federal election. Right. I mean, I know it was what September. So from September to June, I think people were just kind of like wheeling off of the federal one, and then to know like, oh, we're, we have another one in Ontario. Oh, oh, wait. I think it was just kind of like one of those. I also think you know a lot of people don't really care to have the election right now. They just feel like it's, it's why, mm-hmm. why. Mm-hmm. Um. So, what were your thoughts of the leaders of each political party? Do you feel like there was a strong one? There was a weak one? I don't know. I don't feel like any of them were strong. I feel like if this was a federal election, you know, different story. I felt like also my sister actually did some campaign work for the NDP party. So even from just her canvassing of neighborhoods, talking to the workers and so on, there's a disconnect which I know people have called out between the NDP leader. Well, I know she stepped down now, Andrea um, Horwath. Yeah. Between herself and the actual party. Like I can't specifically point out anything that she said, but I know that people have said, we're not a big fan of her. She's mentioned some things that aren't really in line with, you know, what you would expect the NDP party to be in line with. So I know there was a bit of a disconnect there. Um, The leader for the liberal party, Stephen Del Duca. Duca. Mm-hmm. I felt like 
I wasn't really enthused. Like, I just wasn't <laughs> impressed. I don't know. It just felt like, okay, same old, you know? Um, and then, of course, we had <laughs> Doug Ford. What else? Yep. You know, we're open today. We're closed tomorrow. Stay home. Close. Yep. Uh, um, yeah. So just, I felt like I wasn't necessarily excited about any one of them. I was more focused on mm. at the very local level um, and just being happy right. that, okay, you know, I'll vote NDP because, you know, they're progressive. And I know that this is their overall platform. All right. So let's talk a bit about strategic voting. Are you do you believe in strategic voting? Do you think it's beneficial so that you could have maybe one particular party? Let's say it was like your second choice party. Mm -hmm. Do you think that it's best to strategically vote or still vote for the party that you initially wanted? Okay, that's a really difficult one. So on any other like in a regular circumstance, I think, you know, you should vote for the party that you feel like you are closely aligned with that you feel like will bring the most good all that good stuff right but like you said if it's down and it's like if you vote for this one you know that they don't have a chance of winning but if you vote for this one you could win i'm not gonna lie to you i see the point of that i see it i get it because that's what happens a lot right like especially here when it comes down to you know we we don't think that ndp has a cho has a chance we want to vote liberal so I get it. I get it. I'm a big on strategic voting. Mm. And I'll I'll tell you why. Because, okay, I use it a lot more so for federal <laughs> elections than I do for provincial ones. I, because yes, to, I get that too. to me, it's like this is our leader to the rest of the world. And so I don't want somebody that looks like a buffoon in front of other world leaders. Mm -hmm. So the reason why I do strategic voting is because for me, and this was when I started voting when I turned 18, NDP has been my guy, has been my jam. Mm -hmm. I think the closest we've ever been to an NDP winning was when Jack Layton was alive. Yeah, that's what people say. Yes. Yeah, it was. So, girl, I remember that day. It was so close. And since then, NDP has never kind of been the same since mm -hmm. his passing and so it really comes down to only the two you've got conservative and liberal so i'm always strategic in terms of the numbers so you're always going to check the numbers and see who is going who's close mm -hmm. who's neck to neck mm -hmm. generally a lot of people tend to okay not a lot depending on where you're from in canada you'll more likely vote liberal or you're more mm -hmm. likely to vote conservative and so when i look at the numbers if i see that it's neck really close between conservative and liberals, I'm more likely to choose liberals. Liberal, right. And I, and I It's the closest that, yeah. to NDP. Yeah. It's kind of the closest you're going to get. Because you yeah. imagine somebody who votes, normally votes NDP, votes conservative? Yeah, no. <laughs> but so this time around, I, I didn't do that. I voted my heart. I voted NDP, right? And me and my sister were having this conversation of uh, the other side to that is, imagine if everybody who thought like that actually voted for NDP though the number of seats that we could actually get right so it's like oh, the numbers are showing you that the projections are showing you but imagine if instead of trying to choose that we actually all just voted for NDP and I would normally say I agree with you but I feel like their leader wasn't the strongest leader and I think that's why a lot of people were deterred from 
um, voting NDP. I've heard stories. Again, I'm kind of new to Ontario politics. You could talk to me about Quebec politics all day, and I'll talk to you about that. Ontario is still kind of new for me. So I've heard about, you know, a, a time when NDP was running Ontario and how people were very upset with mm. the results of that, which I I'm, I need to learn more. Like, what happened? Um, and I both. <laughs> <laughs> because I would have thought... Being that they got uh, uh, that chance to show the people, I would think that they would have done what they needed to do. But ever since then, it seems like a lot of Ontarians are totally turned off from NDP. Like, I don't know how bad it is, girl. Mm. So I know they're turned off of liberals. I don't. I can't really remember the exact reason for NDP other than right now, the disconnect between the leader and the general party, because I know people are so excited that now NDP also has the black caucus, you know, that is really focused on, you know, black issues, focusing on, you know, uplifting, bringing up black neighborhoods and so on. But I just know with, with liberals specifically, I remember I wasn't as big into politics as I am now back then, but I remember (laughs) people not being happy about, I guess the, in quotations, the overspending that the liberals were doing at the time. This was doing uh. the era of Kathleen Wynne. Um, yeah, it was a lot of overspending. So they felt like Doug Ford coming in would sort of correct that. And I guess, you know, bring some checks and balances to the way that liberals were, again, overspending. Spending. Mm-hmm. And notice too, I'm not sure if it's because Ontario is the biggest province in Canada, but we tend to almost be act as like a check and balance for the federal government. So if you notice when the federal government is conservative, Ontario tends to be tends to have a liberal government and then oh. now that we have a liberal at the federal level we have That's a conservative it typically flip-flops like that i don't know if it's it's weird that it happens but it's almost like it's some sort of a check and a balance interesting um, i didn't know right? that and with conservatives the mindset is that they're going to be cutting back on spending they're going to say so that's typically and theoretically what conservatives do is i guess conserve and are fiscal about spending but have you driven around Toronto? Do you see that there are so much, there's so much cranes. So you have a lot of active construction development projects. You also have a lot of transit projects. Like this administration has really like pushed for transit. So I still see them spending. I mm-hmm. still see spending going on. I just see a different type of prioritization in what you're spending on. 100%. So take me back to the night of the elections when it showed a blue win, you know, like, it was Doug Ford again, a conservative to win. Were you surprised? If you were kind of surprised, did you expect, who did you expect to win? Honestly? Yeah, I expected either conservative or liberal. Um, and I thought that because people were aggravated in the way that Doug Ford and the conservative government had sort of handled the pandemic, just with the, honestly, I don't really fault them because no government was very 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 ready and prepared for this this is something that hasn't happened in a really long time yeah world it hasn't happened in my lifetime so i get that and um but and so i'm not gonna say you know he didn't handle it very well right so but people were very annoyed at the you know open today close tomorrow yeah we're one that we're gonna prioritize businesses but we're not necessarily taking measures to protect our health to ensure that businesses can be open and stay open so I thought that that would be enough to deter people to vote for NDP or to vote for um, for liberals, mm-hmm. but it didn't. Mm-hmm. So I was, I don't know, because I was seeing a lot of, you know, we're, we're going to vote him out, we're going to vote him out, guys, get ready, get ready. <laughs> but then 
we didn't when i started seeing projections i was like oh they're not gonna vote him out they're gonna keep him in okay cool cool i think a lot of so, ontarians didn't feel as though he did such a bad job yeah yeah I think and being that you know the saying goes inflation be inflationing Yes, and he's yeah. putting money back into people's pockets. Exactly, because he pulled that one. What did he do? He gave us back a hundred and a couple hundred dollars for mm-hmm. the, the sticker on our license. The license plate. You no yes. longer have to pay for the four twelve toll, which yes. a lot of people right, right. Uh, love that idea. Yeah. To be honest with you, I kind of found it really silly that they put a toll on the four. But hey, yeah. What do I know? Right. <laughs> so, um, but he did put a lot of money, and then he explain to Canadians that he's going to put more money into um, their pockets. Right. Um, and I, I I know one of the things that he was talking about was uh, reducing daycare costs. Right. And so it was one of the things that he was working with the federal government. And mm-hmm. now that's a big high for me yeah. because I have a son that is in daycare. And so, you know, I think he really was, trying to put money back into people's pocket uh another thing was reducing gas prices right but do you think that these were done earnestly or do you think it was like a hail mary like i really need to be i need to be put back in office again so guess what i'm just gonna turn around and i'm going to you know pull one really quickly because i feel like it was that yeah i think so too i think if you I don't know why I'm thinking this, but I think it was more of a situation of let me do this and then get away with the little things that I'm doing. There's been so many things that he um, has done that people are kind of raising an eyebrow. But I think this kind of was a way to distract people. Like, let me put more money in your pocket while I'm doing that. Let me elect my nephew and then put $16,000 of raises in MPPs. Like, it's kind of like, whoa, (laughs) you know, like. I think it was way to distract us, mm-hmm. but I mean, like for some people, they would have been able to be fully distracted. And for some mm-hmm. people, they're like, okay, thank you. But we, Hey, what's going on over here? Mm-hmm. You know? So I think it wasn't done like a part. It wasn't a part of his, his plan. I think it was mm-hmm. just a way for us, for him to get voters. Mm-hmm. I was, I think def- so too. I, really I, think, I, so I think so. Yeah, me too. Cause it just felt too, I don't know, it felt too calculated for me. Exactly. It was a few months before the actual election. So I feel like it was very calculated. It was very, very, very calculated. Yeah. I, I wasn't surprised about the results. I think I was hopeful. I knew that I didn't want liberal. Oh, I don't know. There okay, was something why? about Del Duca that I just didn't trust. And then the more digging I did about him... I remember there was a time, so when I came to Ontario, Kathleen Wynne was the premier of Ontario. And he worked alongside uh, Kathleen. And so I did a little digging, and there was a couple of things that he came up with that Wynne agreed with. And Mm -hmm. it seemed like the general public were not on board with. Can't remember what those words were. Yeah, I can't. But I just, I I need to, we're going to look into this, because I want to remember why people were so... Yeah, and Del Duca. Yeah, I remember reading that. I was like, okay, there's something about him that just screams untrustworthy. I don't know why. Um, I could be wrong. Mm. You know, I definitely could be wrong. But there was something about Del Duca that I was not okay with. Andrea was, she didn't do anything for me. I'm I'm going to be honest with you. That's exactly what it was. I just wasn't enthused. 
The only really person, pretty. though, mm-hmm. that I was very impressed with was mm-hmm. Mike Shri- Mike Schreiner. I was very impressed, especially come the ele- uh, the the debate. Oh, oh yeah, I missed. He that was. Around. He was on really point? like on it, and mm. I was thinking to myself, it's too bad because. I don't mean to be that person, but it's oh, he's so strong. But we know that the Green Party is not going to win a majority. Not, exactly, exactly, exactly. That's just, that's the thing. He was that's killing it. That's the thing. Yeah, and so I don't, and I don't know if Canada right now. It's gonna take time. I think they have to sort of just keep strategizing mm-hmm. and building momentum gradually. I feel like it's gonna take like five, maybe even ten years, till we can get to that point. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. hopeful. Yeah, I but I think be hopeful the... with you. Yeah, <laughs> I hopeful. really want to be hopeful with you. I really, really, really. I'm do. not too sure if we're gonna see it in our lifetime, but maybe who knows down the exactly. line. Um, so election night results came in, and oh, when yeah. they did, it showed that only 43 percent of Ontario's voted. <sighs> yeah. What are your thoughts on that? How do you feel about that? Do you think? Did the federal election hurt voter turnout for the provincial one? So I feel like the voter turnout definitely, uh, definitely hurt the sort of the results. Cause I feel like it's so sad because what happens when people, when this occurs and people don't go out to vote is then you then see the aftermath of damn only 43%. Oh my God, less than 50. This is so sad. This is so disappointing. And it's like, well, we said all this, like we mentioned this. Why are you, why are you surprised? What happened? Why didn't you go out to vote? You know what, what, you know? So again, I feel like it was very underwhelming. I felt like a lot of people were not informed. And I don't know if that's because people weren't paying attention. People missed it. People weren't looking out for the information, but I feel like it definitely made a difference. I feel like a lot of the younger people, I don't think they voted. I'm just oh, I don't think so. I don't know. I feel like Gen Z was more activated, but I don't feel like I just feel like if we voted in numbers, we could have we could have really shifted it a little bit. I don't know. I feel like we didn't. I agree with you. Uh, like you had mentioned before, it's very underwhelming. There yeah. was not. a yeah. Ooh, let's go out and vote. Yeah, I just feel like elections, Canadian elections haven't really been like, we don't have good branding. I don't know. It's not as like sexy and salacious as American politics. Um, It does get, you know, heated a little bit at the federal level. But I think people have kind of gone to this point, And this is something that I mentioned on the episode, too, is when you're a first gen immigrant and you're coming from a country where, you know, things might have been rigged. Mm. Um. The, the expectation was very low for politics here, regardless of if Del Duca wins or if Andrea wins, you feel like you're still going to be okay. You feel like you're not going to be kicked out. You're still going to make your money. You're still going to have your salary. So there's that sense of, you know what, like how bad could it really be? You know, that's, <laughs> that's, that's kind of uh, not everyone, of course, but that mm-hmm. tends to be what a lot of first gen immigrants, especially African immigrants sort of expresses, you know, like, we're just kind of keeping the status quo. Not much is going to change. So, you know, yeah. What do you think? Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. When people say, oh, this election is rigged anyways, why do I vote? What do you say to people like that? I just say... No, like it's so hard. I, I haven't had someone say that to me in a really long time, and I'm really happy because I think I would just look at you like, "Are you just watching conspiracy theory shows?" <laughs> like I've worked elections, so I've worked elections. My sisters worked elections, so you stand there and people watch them count and make sure that you know no sort of foul plays taking place. So when people are saying that, I just think to myself, maybe this is an excuse for you to feel like you shouldn't uh, take part. But I don't. I personally haven't seen anything that would indicate to me that there is foul play going on, that they're being rigged. Um, mm-hmm. Until then, I generally think that it was just a lower turnout. Hundred percent. I don't. I see it more so as, and I'm going to get all historical. <laughs> right. But I'm like, you know what? Our for, our ancestors fought for their rights for us to vote, and for you to not vote, that's kind of like a slap in the face. It's like, why did we do all of this? For you mm. not to vote. And exactly. I, I use exactly. that all the time. Like, do you want to upset your ancestors? Because mm. you're doing that right now. So for people to say that it's rigged, I don't believe it's rigged. Um, we've seen what it's like. And maybe whether it's here in Canada, the States or wherever, we've seen what happened when the people want change and the people go out and they really believe in voting. So mm. I don't think it's rigged. I And now that we had somebody who did who was around yep. to make sure people counted yep. ba- ballots properly. <laughs> now we could say no, <laughs> you yeah, know? No, no, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I just feel like people were not as activated for this one. Yeah. And I agree with you. I think I was the only one who just, cause I wanted to have these conversations and nobody was like, Oh, there's an election. I didn't mm-hmm. even know. Mm-hmm. I was like, you didn't know. Like I watched the president, uh, president, the, the uh, Ontario debate and, I'm really into politics. I'm mm-hmm. surprised I didn't do political science in, in <laughs> university. But, um, you know, you're right. Not a, a lot of people. I would say a lot of millennials, Gen Zs, um, maybe Gen X. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. We're not that plugged in into the election. Yeah. Which is so funny because we are so we're so plugged in when it comes to either federal election or our neighbors across the border. Mm, exactly 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 but look at your home like yeah that's exactly it and i don't know if it's a i don't know if it's a branding thing i don't know if politics needs to be brought to the people um i will also say maybe it's a representation thing i know that you know as for as interesting and as difficult as a system that america has right now in place there are more people of color running um, in certain different seats. There are more people 
in Congress that are people of color. At the local level, you see more activists, grassroots, mayors, you know? Yeah. So I think it does something when you see someone that looks like you, you, you can sort of, you feel more encouraged mm -hmm. to go out there and vote. So, yeah. Yeah, we definitely would need to see some more representation yeah. inside yeah. a parliament or yeah. at the yeah. premier's office. And maybe we will see that in the future. Mm -hmm. So let's oh. hypothetically say <laughs> the PR rep for the Liberal Party and the mm. NDP party are listening to this podcast. Oh, wow. Let's hypothetical. Yeah. hypothetical. <laughs> of course, They're looking to it. revamp the party. What would you tell them mm -hmm. um, in regards to like what they should be looking for for the next candidate to take over? Or how can they revamp? What should basically what can they do to appease right. people? Canadians mm. in the next election. What do you think? So I feel like we need an enthusiastic leader. Um, when I think about the Obamas of the world, like we need someone who is of the movement, like from the movement of the movement is just willing to speak, be enthusiastic. Like I'm thinking like, I think part of it is that sometimes you listen to political leaders speak and you wonder if they even believe what they're saying, right? <laughs> like I need someone who is of the movement, who is convicted and who is willing to, to fight. Um, mm. It wouldn't hurt to have someone who is younger than like, I, I think that Canada actually has relatively young uh, political leaders. I think we do good in terms of that. So I would say, you know, 30s, 40s, so that you've lived life, you have the experience, you're knowledgeable, but you're still in touch. Um, so someone who's young, obviously, I'm a black woman, I'm a woman of color, so it would be great if we could see some representation. Mm. Um, and then someone who was just down to earth, maybe an, someone who has an activist background or a grass movements background. Like someone I'm thinking of right now is like a Jill Andrews. So she is um, a member of provincial parliament. So an MPP, not an MP, um, okay. NDP party. And while she was running, she was going to Eglinton West neighborhood. She was going to little Jamaica and she was recording visuals and getting people involved and showing what life was like in that neighborhood. So I think someone like that is someone that we would need to put at the front of the, of the party and the movement to really propel it. Yeah. That's what I hundred percent. I think that's definitely it. We need some, I think we just need fresh, yeah. a breath of fresh air, something new. Yeah. Something more, being able to relate to the people. Sometimes I feel like a lot of these politicians are kind of out of touch. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Making um, decisions that won't even affect them because they're that old and out of touch. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You yep. know, so I would definitely say maybe kind of spread around your, basically those who believe in, to, in your party, just kind of spread around whether that's uh, you have people who support you in Thunder Bay or, in Toronto and just kind of gauge their thoughts just mm. to see like what is it that they're looking yeah. for a political like have the discussion with because they are your voters and you really mm -hmm. want to put somebody that's there that is going to represent you well and is what the people are looking for right Correct. if you were just putting somebody in based off of what you and your group of people think mm -hmm. would be best might not work. And I, I know this sounds really bad, but you kind of need somebody who's smart and charismatic. That's that's why, yeah, that's why I refer to Obama because 
he was very charismatic at a time where it was needed and i think mm-hmm. that that's also a lot of times why we draw while we we yeah we draw closer to american politics and our um canadian is just i feel like their leaders are more charismatic like when i think of people like aoc like mm-hmm. her story from being a waitress to now being you know in congress mm-hmm. and advocating for people from the very neighborhood that she came from like just we need stories like that we need things yes. like that right so yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, that'll be the PR. So, um, yeah. Liberal Party, <clears throat> NDP Party, if you're ever listening to this episode, yeah. just, you know, just a thought. Yeah. So, we're, like I mentioned earlier on the episode, we are approaching the one month that the mm-hmm. conservatives have been in government. How do you think they're doing so far? How did they also, how did you think they did during the pandemic? And mm-hmm. what were your thoughts on? The nurses and the, the how they treated COVID and the nurse layoffs. Like, yeah. what do you think of them then? How they did? And what do you think they're doing now? Is it looking good? I feel like it's looking the same. It's I think it's looking good or better because we're, quote unquote, out of the pandemic slash managing it. But right now, you know, they are calling some uh, scientists are calling for masks indoors again and so we'll see if there's a resurgence of cases and so on the different variants every week now but um i think they did i think they're doing okay i think i will have to sort of watch it and monitor for the next few months to really see um i still feel like ford is treating this as like you know status quo he won he's just continuing all that he's been doing right now i know there are several reports because this is the the field that i work in um housing there's this affordability crisis and so there have been so much sort of talk about putting money into affordable housing building housing and so on so i'm interested to see Mm. how seriously they take that and yeah we just saw um i think i just i was reading an article today it said that um i think we just saw the largest increase that landlords can place on rent in about a decade Oh. And I'm wondering why this was implemented. So, yeah, I'll have to. I, I feel like it's a little too early for me to speak on it right now, but I'm definitely going to be watching. Oh, I'm definitely <laughs> you gonna, and me both, girl. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be watching. Both. I um, I wasn't impressed with COVID, um, but it's so hard for me to say that anyone, any other politician could have done it better. The nurse layoffs. Could you explain more of that to me? Because I know that nurses and healthcare professionals in general are not happy with that party right now yes so um with the nurses the issue that they were having was that for one he was bored he was not listening to the medical advice yes there was a lot of that and so because he's not listening and advising according to the medical advice as a result we're seeing covid cases going up Mm -hmm. we're also seeing more uh nurses being burnt out yeah yeah. And then he put a kind of a cap on their salary. Yeah. Yeah. But then gave them a bonus. Mm. Like, here's the bonus, like a thank you bonus. And then to add insult to injury, um, he, he was saying that you had, you know, the whole thing of you had to be vaccinated. And, right. and yeah, yeah. nurses who didn't want to be vaccinated could have potentially lost their lost jobs. Their I think jobs. they did yeah. end up losing their jobs. And then, he was just like trying to call them back again. 
Yeah. Um, like forget. I think it really more so happened once we started, you know, letting go of the vaccine mandate. He's like, OK, right. you guys should come back to work. So it just kind yeah. of felt like a slap to the face. Like we've done all this. We've tried to keep people alive and you're doing all of this. And I do agree to a sense like what's the point of having medical professionals telling you things right, and you don't even going to take your advice. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Do whatever you want to do. And a lot, you know, a lot of people are, are, are I don't know if I call them conspiracy theorists, yeah. but <laughs> they have the mindset that Ford did what he did because um, he has a business. So before mm. he came into power, he had a business and his business are floor decals. So this oh. is the rumor. You know, when you have those little stickers on the floor, for example, oh. we had the stickers of going up. He has right, that right. and sign. And so the mindset for a lot of people was he's doing this to put more money in his business. Okay. Interesting. I can't confirm. Yeah. Can't deny. Yeah. These are I just also, rumors. Right. I also know even with, with um, the whole like affordability and the need for housing right now, there's a big push. And what we're seeing right now, are a lot of developers and people think that now he is wanting to be more lenient on certain permissions for what developers can build and where they can build because of money and the people that are funding the conservative party and so on. So yeah, there's a oh. lot of, there's a lot of thoughts and yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so. watching you, Mr. Ford. Right. Right. So yeah, I'm going to, I don't know monitoring. what, yeah, hundred percent. I, and I don't, I can't tell now. I think right now he's just trying to, Hmm. I think he's trying to keep us distracted. Mm. You know, I just saw today as I was scrolling on on Instagram, um, he has implemented a sort of tax break for gases. Oh. Which I ain't mad at. So we could see a five cents reduction. Right. I'm not mad. Because mm -hmm. the way gas is out here and the prices are high, yeah. I'm not mad at it at all. Mm -hmm. um, and I do see that like... I'm not too sure. I feel as though he's probably doing it for a specific agenda. Yeah, Again, I could be wrong. And he could see. actually be doing this because this is what he thinks the people want. And he could be bang on on that. Right. But I don't know. Like, And let me know. Like, How long? Um, are, I don't remember. How long is a premier in office for? Four years? I think so. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Ooh, so we so got another four. Okay. <sighs> we, got, we got four years, girl. <laughs> <laughs> now what are your thoughts about the new minister of citizenship and multiculturalism girl you like so when you had sent me over i was scrolling i was like minister of citizen and multiculturalism i i was because i know they recently appointed an indigenous person uh, i believe the federal level yes so i was wondering if is this what she's talking about so i i was looking through and i was like oh Doug has appointed his nephew. Interesting. And this is why for all the, of this that takes place, I believe in nepotism for us black people. Please hire. If you're a hiring manager, hire your black friends that are qualified. Hire your hire your 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 daughter's friend that knows the job well. Hire them. Because if they can do it, we can too. Exactly. Classic example. Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, he's saying and defending and saying that his nephew has extensive research, extensive experience. We'll see about that. I did the research. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lie. Yeah. It's a lie. Uh, this will be his first time in it. And a lot of people are calling him out on it. You know, mm -hmm. like he doesn't have the experience. 
um, I get that you need to get the experience, but to automatically right. give him a ministerial role. Right. Like, I'm so sorry. I thought we all start somewhere was a thin. Why is he starting as a minister? Um, Something doesn't make sense. I don't know what it is, but it just doesn't make sense to exactly. me. Exactly. Um, so I did see that and I was kind of, what made me chuckle even more is like, what does this person know about multiculturalism? Right. Like, look at who you look at who you put in position right now. Look, like just. And sometimes I just wonder, like all the advisors, strategic advisors, the consultants that are all gathered around you, and at no point did someone say, "Hey, Doug, maybe this isn't the best move," or did they say that and you just disregarded the advice? Whichever one, sir, wrong move. A hundred percent. I need to see his his team. Of yeah. people. I need to see what does his team look like. Is it predominantly white people? Or is there some flavor right, right, <laughs> up in right. there? <laughs> um, if it's predominantly white people, then you can't be surprised. Yeah. You know? Right. Um, but if there was like maybe one or two or three, maybe an indigenous, mm. a Hispanic, an Asian black person, then I would have expected them to maybe like kind of call them out. Especially because, hello cultural multiculturalism and citizen like wouldn't that be somebody who is of that yeah i don't know genre (laughs) you know like i was just kind of surprised and you're right it is definitely nepotism and you make a very valid point you know Mm. i feel like sometimes we as black people do need to start looking out for our own because this clearly showed yep Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. I'm saying it without saying it, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's, let's just put it that yep. Way. Please read between the lines, <laughs> girl. <laughs> now, if Doug Ford is listening to the podcast again, I'm all about hypotheticals tonight. The podcast is too progressive for him, but yeah, you know. I like the sound of that. But if he happens to be listening yeah. to, it, what do you think the people need from him this time around? Mm. Or. We could dumb it down and say, what would Chid like to see from him? Right. So I would like to see him working collaboratively with the federal government, the liberals at a federal level to fund housing development. So I'm a really big housing person because I work in this field as an urban planner. So we're always trying to better cities and so on. Um, So I would like to see adequate policy for affordable housing. I don't want you to put it in the hands of developers and say that building more housing is what will reduce the price of housing because that's not the case. It, 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 people keep saying, you know, supply, supply, the more houses we get, it'll le- lessen demand and the prices will come down. No, but somewhere I don't trust what what you're doing and your collaborative efforts with these developers. So I want full transparency. Mm-hmm. I want a comprehensive policy. A lot of documents are coming out, but and I've been going through them and I've been finding some cracks. I want full transparency and a full policy on this affordability crisis for housing um i'm not a healthcare like expert but i've been hearing about some things that are being privatized some certain medications or so on i know that was a big talking point before the election i'm not sure how true that is but um i would i i just want more like comprehensive healthcare coverage if and i really hope that we don't mess with that please that's something that i'm really here for um what else He's clear prioritizing transportation. I see a lot of transit projects. Um, Please give give Scarborough their um, subway. Like, it's overdue. You've put the Eglinton Crosstown. That's not done yet. Um, You're now removing the Scarborough LRT, so we won't be able to get from 
you know, Pickering Scarborough area to um to the STC to Scarborough Town Center on LRT anymore. So oh. please give Scarborough the subway that they've been begging and asking for for so long. Please put some money into that project because you're doing the Eglinton Crosstown. There is um Ontario Line that there Metrolinx is in the works. Uh, sort of planning that you have finch lrt finch west lrt please yeah give scarborough their suburb yeah okay those are a few things <laughs> she's like don't worry i got more but this is the ones that i want <laughs> mr ford to be hearing hear this yeah. sir okay that's good i'm not too sure what i would want this time around i'm still learning yeah me too and and of course those are things because like you know these are things that we're doing the research and advising politicians and saying hey do this hey council approve this hey do this transit project and then they're the decision makers that either say yes or no to what we advise them on so yeah what does that look like in terms of like affordable housing because i would be under the impression of like you know i'm based off of the news supply 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 so what would that mean aside from supply like how can they make affordable housing aside from that would you Mm. happen to know yeah so there are certain things like for example like it's called inclusionary zoning so that's where you um the the province has sort of put out the mandate and then now it's up to cities to to sort of figure out how they want to implement it and toronto has a bunch of reports coming out and i think now the way that they want to implement it is official but essentially what it means is that you can mandate developers to have like a certain number of units in their building to be sold at a like at an affordable rate like so at at or below market so if you're going to have like 400 units in this condo development at least maybe like 25 to 30 percent have to be sold at or below market like and you can you can say what that'll be yeah because otherwise Based on the cost of construction, the cost of obtaining the land, and the cost of development, developers have the tendency to want to make up for it. So it gets pushed onto the consumer. And Mm. then from the consumer, from the person who's buying the unit, it then gets pushed onto whoever's renting the unit. Right? Mm, Right. You also have Airbnb. Airbnb is taking up a lot of units that could be people's homes. Yeah, that's true. You're right. You know? So that too. I don't know. And I don't want to say no Airbnb because I know that that was something that you know was useful to people now it seems to be more expensive than hotels but some sort of balancing needs to be done because that's a lot of units that could be people's homes that's true and they're sitting there vacant a lot of the time a lot of them yeah so 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 those are a few things yeah do you think canadians will ever give the Mm. underdogs a chance girl i think because <laughs> we I always go over the think. same two it's either yeah. liberal or conservative back and exactly. forth exactly and i think one is the strategic voting which you mentioned i think also um the demographics of canada as a whole i know we tend to think toronto toronto was so diverse or so multicultural and we are but once you leave toronto and just go you know a little bit north a little bit east a little bit west in the gta the demographics drastically change right so i think perhaps as the demographics become more and more multicultural in all parts of ontario (laughs) then that will change and then to the country as well but i think it'll be really hard Um, it's too bad i know canada's (laughs) still a very young country like we're still building and shaping what we want right so i think it'll take some time it'll definitely take some time and I totally forgot to explain to my listeners because we do have some American listeners. Okay, so we've got four political parties. Now, yes. keep in mind, we do have 
smaller parties as well. A lot of them are not very known. Like, for example, the People's Party. Uh, people, Yeah, the People's Party. And there's so many others. But we kind of have the major four. And right. this is either between Ontario and federally. So for those who are living in the state, think of it as states or provinces. Mm-hmm. And, well, federal is federal. That doesn't change. So we've got NDP, uh, New Dem- Democratic Party, Liberal, mm-hmm. Conservative, and Green Party. And they all vary on a spectrum, you know, the left to right spectrum, left wing, right wing. And so conservative would be equivalent to Republicans. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to say like Republicans are way right. Yeah, I don't know if more cons- right than us. Not think, even a little, yes. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> more right. Exactly. Then we've got liberal, which is kind of smacked it in the middle. Mm-hmm. Not too sure where the Green Party is on the spectrum. Right. Um, and then NDP, which is far left. Yeah. Um, just so that my American listeners know exactly what we're talking about, just to give you guys some context, liberal is also, yeah, like the Democrats in the U.S. Exactly. Um, so when we say underdogs, we're talking more so political parties that are have been running but maybe you have one, maybe one or two seats. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. not a majority. Like, for example, one of our underdogs is the Green Party. And the Green mm-hmm. Party is more about, you know, the environment, environment, sustainability, uh, mm-hmm. green housing and all that yep. sort of stuff. Um, and it would be nice to see people like the underdogs, like a Green Party win mm-hmm. or the next best thing is the NDP, which is kind of funny. Um, NDP is considered an underdog. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, still so. But uh, yeah, so I'm not too sure if we'll see it. I think maybe I feel as though the closest that we might see, I think in a federal election in the years to come, I think we might end up seeing a fifth one. And I think it's the the people's people's party that might they're starting to gain a lot of traction out west. Of course. So, in the next, I want to say five to ten years, I would not be surprised if they become the fourth one. Mm. Because they're gaining a lot of traction in places like Saskatchewan, Quebec even. Mm. Um, So, we'll see. Yeah. Chin, maybe we'll have this conversation in the next ten years. I'm and only see- will. <laughs> <laughs> see where politics is at. <sighs> now, our final question for tonight. What is one thing you hope to see in your lifetime when it comes to either Ontario politics or even federal politics? Mm, in Ontario politics, I really would love to see, and I'm trying to remember to see if we've had one so far, a person of color as a premier. Yeah, that. And then at the federal level, a woman, a woman as our prime minister. I love that. Yeah. I love that. But which do you think could happen first? A woman as our prime minister or Jagmeet being our prime minister? Because I wouldn't be mad at Jagmeet being our prime minister either. And you know what's so funny? People like laugh at Jagmeet because he's on TikTok. Oh, look at this guy I on TikTok. Because he's so in touch. He's skateboarding. That is, that's what I'm talking about. But they he's, don't know. They don't realize that this is a strategy. He's appeasing to the next generation. Exactly. So come this time, I'm sorry to say boomers. When you're gone, it's going to be Gen X, Gen Z, 
millennials and whatever that generation yeah, exactly, is exactly exactly and so they're going to remember him based off of yep. his tiktoks mm-hmm. and i feel like we might shift it might yep. be conservative ndp yep exactly. you know so exactly. a lot of people are clowning him um but i'm thinking he's 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 yeah he's he's definitely that's what i think ndp they're playing the long-term game right now yeah and for that i give them the round of applause they're playing a long-term game so just yep. keep working Keep strategizing. Keep to the plan. Please, you know, run clean, good campaigns. Stick to what you you yes. say you're going to do and actually do it. And, yeah, we're going to actually see a shift gradually. Now, will I see Jagmeet as, like, which one would I see first? Jagmeet yeah. or a female? I'm going to be honest with you. You see a woman first? And depends on the race of the woman. I see a white woman first before Jagmeet, to be honest. I do, okay, so if Just we're going to go down. Canadian demographics. If yeah. we're going to go between a white woman and Jagmeet, white woman's going to win 100% hands down. Yeah, yeah. Um, there are, I know this is a, a shock to a lot of my listeners who are U.S. listeners. Yeah, but we have some microaggressions out here. And, I, oh. and a little, like a, a sprinkle, um, salt bay uh, sprinkle of um racism out here and i think yeah. a lot of people would rather see a white woman than a oh, person yeah. of color yeah yeah i you know what i would love to see i would love to see an indigenous yeah. leader an indigenous federal leader you yeah that would feel like a big like yeah, yeah. moment yeah. it's like you took yeah. it from our country and look at us and taking it back. back yeah exactly that so would i would cool. hope to see that yeah and it would be too bad like i would love to see more um like the, the closest that we had in terms of a black um politician was oh, she was a part of the green party before she stepped down oh, anime May. paul yes 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 anime paul yes yes yeah and you know I kind of, I, ha- I hate to say it, but I kind of saw it coming. She had a lot of issues with them. So mm-hmm. I kind of saw that sh- it was coming, and especially when she lost her writing yeah. to Marcy Ian. Yeah. Shout out to Marcy Ian. Hi. <laughs> I used to watch you on the social. Yeah, I like, yeah. Um, But uh, I, I kind of saw it coming. And yeah. so I think there's also, there's a lot of politicking, and there's a lot of maybe, I kind of think of sometimes these, 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 um, groups is like high school you know the yeah, clicks? clicks i yeah, feel like yeah, it's very yeah. clicky and if you don't sure. get along with the click you they'll make your life far. help exactly 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 so yeah i would like to see an indigenous whether it's male yeah, or female i don't so care great. as a oh. prime minister yeah. i would like to see that um so, good. so dope so dope and of course in terms of the um ontario level I would love to see it. I would love to see a black woman. I said yeah, it there. Too. Yeah. <laughs> a yeah. black woman. I would love to see her there. So um, I think overall, we're just going to have to keep an eye out on the next four years. Maybe we'll have a discussion yeah. four years from now when the next yeah, election comes and <laughs> review and see how did Mr. Ford do and mm. who are we looking for? And hopefully at the time, you know, they have better you know, representative for each of yeah. their parties because sure. yeah. this was a joke. This this Chid, was. thank you so much for being on my episode. It was great. Thank you. For having me. Thank you. It's a long time coming. Yes. I'm going to give you a minute to <laughs> plug everything in. 
Yes, thank you so much. So, um, yeah, for those who are wanting to connect with me, you can connect with me on a personal level at Chit Suzanne on you know Twitter and Instagram, and we can just chat. And if you're wanting to connect with me, you know, with the podcast, it's at BWDIK Podcast. That's but what do I know? Podcast on Twitter, Instagram. They're making us work and get on all these apps, and now I'm also on TikTok. We'll TikTok. see how far that goes. And I'm exhausted, but yes, <laughs> connect, you know, listen to the podcast, share your feedback. And thank you so much, Michelle, for having me. We're definitely going to have you on my podcast. For sure. Too. We'll connect and make that happen. But thank you so much again. If you enjoyed today's episode or any of our episodes on this podcast, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. This helps the visibility and outreach of small indie podcasts and podcasters like myself. Also, share the episodes to others who you may feel will enjoy this conversation. And finally, follow us on all of our social media accounts. You can follow us on Instagram at Melanin, on Facebook at Melanin, and also on Twitter at ASOM underscore podcast. And we'll catch you in the next episode. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 